What's up, church? I'm excited to be up here to speak with you guys today. Um, before I came up here, Warren actually walked up to me before I was getting ready to go up and handed me this uh, pile of sticky notes from the Holy Habits group that you guys had this morning. And everyone wrote down prayers for me, encouraging uh, letters, and I would like to read a few of those because I am so grateful for this church and how supporting that you guys are for me being up here. I'll read about three or four. One says, stay humble, listen intently to the Spirit, and reflect Jesus with your words. Dear Nick, thank you for preaching God's word today. Uh, I am sure you will do great. God is with you. We are so proud of you and wish you all of God's richest blessings as you follow his call in your life. And the last one says, I'm so proud of you. I've been praying for you, and I know you will do great. I didn't choose my favorites. I just chose the ones that I could read. Today I'm going through uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 and 26, so you guys can turn your Bibles there now. While you are turning there, I have a little story to tell you about a time when I was angry at one of my brothers, and I was maybe seven or six, and I remember this specific time because it's when I, because of uh, the result that it led to. So just, just picture this with me. I'm mad at my brothers, and in our house, we have like this long hallway, so you like walk through our front door, you turn right, turn left, and then you go straight, and there's this long hallway that goes this way. And that's where all the sibling rooms are, and me and my brother's rooms are right across from each other, and I just remember that my brother was in my room, he was doing something to make me mad. So I went running after him. He went into his room, shut his door, locked it before I could get in there. And at this point, I was so mad that I thought it'd be a good idea to start kicking the door. So I'm kicking with all the might that I can when I'm six or seven, and I ended up cracking the door. I ended up breaking the door. Like, it didn't fall down, but it cracked to the point where it still worked, but it was still kind of broken. And... Right when he noticed that it was starting to crack, he opened the door. And I just remember being in not, I was pretty, I was, I was in trouble. And I th kind of think that Jesus, this is what uh, Jesus is kind of trying, trying, kind of trying to um, say about anger in this chapter. And I'd like to ask you guys two questions. Have you ever been angry? And the second question is, have you ever murdered someone? <laughs> Two totally different questions, but what if I told you that the answer to the first question was the same answer to the second? You may think I'm a little crazy saying that if you're angry at someone, you've also murdered someone. I mean, that's crazy. But that's actually what Jesus is getting at in uh, Matthew 5, verses 21 and 26, he connects murdering someone to our anger. And I've definitely been angry before, like I just stated, but right now I'm usually angry whenever I go driving, whether someone 
uh, doesn't use their turn signal, or they cut in front of me, or they run a stop sign. I'm sure a lot of you feel that way sometimes, but that just makes me so mad that that happens. And, um, but Jesus actually says that when we are angry with someone, it is more than just anger. And let's jump right into the passage to see what Jesus means by this. I'll start out with the first two verses, verses 21 and 22. Go to uh, verse 23 and 24, and then go to verse 25 and 26. Verse 21 and 22 say this. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angered with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Now Jesus starts out this section by saying, you have heard that it was said long ago. How long ago was this? Now, I invite you to turn your Bibles to long ago, also known as Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 17. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 17. It says, you shall not murder. So, we do, in fact, know that Jesus said, or was correct when he said that it was said to you long ago. It was also said in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, it says, you shall not murder. And if you look in Deuteronomy 5, it's in the section of the Ten Commandments. It's part of the Ten Commandments. So he says, you shall not murder in Exodus 20 and in Deuteronomy 5. So Jesus was right when he said that, it was said to you long ago, and now he comes back to the Ten Commandments and says, you shall not murder. But this time, he says, but this is what it really means. But we need to remember that Jesus did not come to abolish the law. He has come to fulfill the law. And he says, but this is what it really means. You are subject to murder if you have ever been angry with someone. These words Jesus is saying it's, are very powerful because who here has been angry with someone? I'm sure a lot of people here have been angry with someone. Probably everyone here has been angry with someone. And Jesus says that that anger is what makes us murderers. Now let's break it down. What happens when you murder someone? Well, they die. They're no longer breathing. Their heart stops beating. And he connects our anger to murder by um, kind of saying that when you say these hateful words, you are taking a stab at someone else's heart. When you say words like, you fool, or raka, which means that you're calling them worthless or empty, you are attacking their life. You don't want them there. They are meaningless to you. You do not really care about them. They might as well just be dead. And now let's not forget that we are God's creation and we are made in his image. So it is, God doesn't really feel great whenever we 
persecute each other with, by saying, you fool, or raka. And I don't think we quite understand the extremity of calling someone, you fool, or raka. Our words are just words, right? But actually, in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, it says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords. The words of the reckless pierce like swords. When you think of a murderer, who do you think of? Maybe you think of Jeffrey Dahmer, a man from Milwaukee, killed 17 men. Or maybe you think of Ted Bundy, a man who killed 30 young women. Or maybe you even think of John Wayne Gacy, a man who dressed up as a clown, murdered 33 boys and young men. Sounds like here that Jesus is connecting us to these murderers that we see as criminals. He's saying that we are just as equal as them, that we are just as guilty as them, and that our punishment should be the fire of hell, like what Jesus states in verse 22. People say that murderers don't have a specific look, but I think that's a little twisted. I think the look of a murderer is everyone you see. Our words and thoughts destroy lives. Now, being angry is not a sin, as we, can, as, as we know, because uh, Jesus has been angry, and Jesus was the perfect man. But just don't have your anger lead to sin. Are you scared yet? I bet this is not the passage you thought I was going to come to talk to you about. I'm a little scared. I have goosebumps, so I'm glad I got a long sleeve shirt on so you guys can't see. We're going on to next two verses, verses 23 and 24. It says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and then remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Jesus goes on and says, Do to what I just said. You are to do this, which is to leave the altar, go straighten things out with someone that has a grudge against you, then come back to the offer, and then you will offer your gifts. And back then, an altar was, they used it as time of worshiping or a time of offering. So if we were to put it in action right now, it's kind of like being in church. Jesus is saying, if you're in church, so right now you would get up if someone if you remember that someone has a grudge against you you'd get up leave go straighten things out with them and then you would come back and offer your gift it sounds a little crazy i mean jesus you're having us leave worship with you just to go settle some something that or just go settle some grudge that someone has against me that sounds a little crazy why do we have to do this? The short answer is because Jesus said so. But the long answer is, well, long, but it's because Jesus knows how far a grudge can go. He knows what it leads to. He knows that it's not just uh, that it can lead to actual murder. 
And God created us and made us. He knows what we are capable of. And when we, uh, when we say these hateful things, we are not just hurting ourselves, but we're also hurting others. And we're also hurting God because we are God's creation. We remain in his image. God loves us. And even though in God's sight we are murderers, God still loves us. And I find that crazy to believe that is such an immeasurable amount of love. God loves us even though he sees us as murderers. God loves the murderers that you saw even before. Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy. God loves them. And it sounds like when we honor one another, we please God. And Jesus gives us one more example in verse 25 through 26, which says this. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. So in this situation, Jesus is giving one more example in case we don't, well, understand the first example he, give, he gave. If you hate your brother or sister, you are again to go to them. Settle matters quickly or else you will be found guilty. As Jesus states that the judge will hand you over to the officer and the officer will throw you into prison. Now, but if we look back at verse 22, the word court was also mentioned there. It's mentioned in verse 25 and 22. In verse 22, it says, Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. But in verse 25, Jesus says, Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. And I think this word court kind of connects the two passages together. Uh, that with you being sent to court, in Jesus' example, you will be answerable to the court. And you will be thrown into prison. But the point I think he's trying to make is, it's not the prison that we think it is. It's not the metal barred, brick walled kind of prison that you may be thinking of. The punishment of anger is the fire of hell, as Jesus states in verse 22. We deserve no less punishment than the punishment of the fire of hell. And truly, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Our words and thoughts make us murderers. So what does this mean now, Mr. Preacher Man? Good news is, we don't have to go to hell for the people that we have killed or the people that we have attempted to kill because Jesus, our Lord and Savior, came and died on the cross. He paid the price. He died for us so that we do not have to spend eternity in hell, but eternity with Him. Even though we deserve to go to hell, Jesus did this because He loves us. This is what... Uh, the author John Stott says that we should do. He says, If we want to avoid committing murder in God's sight, we must take every possible positive step 
to live in peace and love with all men. We should take every possible positive step to live in peace and love with all men. And as I was reading this quote, it made me uh, think of Psalm 1, verses 1 through 2, uh, tells, tells us clearly on what we should do to this. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in company of mockers, but who delights in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. And this is why I love this church. I love that we are going through the 21 days with God. With me, I really liked uh, the 21 days with God with uh, the praying part. Because even before the 21 days, I wanted to pray, but I always forgot. And it wasn't like my first instinct to do is to pray. But now I feel like that I can't go a whole day without praying. And I can see myself going even past the 21 days still praying every single day, and it gets us into that habit to go into his law day and night. And I know Warren showed his, or uh, said his words, what his word was for the year when he came up here to speak. So I'm going to share mine. My word is the word honor. I want to honor God more, and I feel like that being up here today and speaking to you guys is a great way that I can honor God. I also feel that this passage has a little bit to do with honor. That we should honor our brothers and sisters. Instead of persecuting each other, we should honor each other. And when we honor each other, we bless God. If I were to sum up this passage today, it would look something like this. Honoring one another blesses God's heart. Instead of persecuting each other, we should honor each other. And that blesses God because we are his creation. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this passage that you have given us. Thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. For we deserve much worse, but you love us. With an outstretched arm, you have grabbed us. Thank you for Jesus. Amen. Oops.